Okay, so barring all technical issues over here, let me just introduce myself and just uh, tell you kind of why I'm here today. So firstly, thank you to the, uh, the Radio Academy for inviting me. It was a lovely invitation, and of course, Radio Days is a lovely time to connect with other people from radio and just to hear different ideas. And actually, this idea is quite close to my heart. Um, uh, my background, uh, did I introduce myself properly? So my name is Kevin Fine, and I am the, uh, the head of uh, Jacaranda FM. And uh, prior to being at Jacaranda FM, I spent many years at 5FM. And while I was doing that, I also uh, spent a lot of time in the nonprofit sector, um, building a, a, a business called Little Champs, which was otherwise known as Dina Lady Tignani, which means lots of little stars. And the key behind uh, this program, no worries, how's it, how's it? Was, uh, was developing sports and education programs for early childhood development, particularly in, in communities where early childhood is, is, uh, is not a priority. Often what happens in, in many uh, rural communities, and in fact in many of our townships in this country, is that a lot of kids are left with, uh, with mamas, if, you, if I could use a common expression. And the problem with that is that the, uh, the mamas aren't well educated, they don't have curriculums to follow, and what happens with young children who are in environments where they're not being educated properly is that they start to fall behind from an education point of view, from a physical development point of view, from a gross motor, cognitive motor, and fine motor coordination. Now, I know those are not terms that we usually use in radio, maybe in gaming and maybe in sport. But what it taught me was that we need to be in a world and we need to live in a world where we are about creating sustainability. And I know that's a term that's thrown around quite a bit and that people talk about sustainable programs. The, the problem with, with running sports programs for kids is that if you don't educate the educators, you're only going to get a bunch of kids who grow up learning some kind of program, but you're not actually leaving any form of, again, to use the word, sustainability. And so we took a view at the time that you absolutely had to create a curriculum to teach teachers how to teach and leave them with that gold so that they would have a, a, a much greater opportunity to succeed, not only in business but in personal life. We, we dealt with issues like the National Qualification Framework and how you would show prior learning. And for those of you who are familiar with it, basically it's like uh, getting a plumbing degree and you have to show uh, your development over a period, of, uh, a period of years. You look very confused by it, but it's actually not that difficult. Um, so that's, that's a bit of my background. So while I was very involved with radio, I was in, involved with uh, a number of projects with the United Nations, UNICEF, and some international programs. We did soccer and, and sports programs across the country. We were involved with Let's Play. And it, it taught me a number of lessons. When I got to Jacaranda FM, what I found was an environment of charity. And there's a very, very big difference between charity and philanthropy. And charity and giving. And corporate social investment is also thrown around as this big term of, uh, we do CSR. And I, th I think there's actually a massive misconception amongst many people, particularly radio stations, in that when we do nice things for our communities or we do good morning, how's it? When we do good things for people, we at the end of it feel good. Who's given charity in the last few weeks? Who's made a donation on somebody's behalf? Actually, the giver feels good and the receiver feels good and there's a wonderful component to that. But the truth of the matter is that a lot of the things that we give to are just charity. And I'm not knocking chararity for, don't, don't get me wrong at all. In fact, I come from a Jewish background and there's eight different levels of charity where the, uh, the highest form is that the, the receiver doesn't know the giver. So it should actually be a very silent donation. I'm sure in Islam it's not, not dissimilar. So with that as my background, entering into the Jacaranda FM fold, and there were a number of business imperatives, but the truth of the matter is Jacaranda FM has a very proud tradition of giving. 
And one of the key projects that we worked on was something called Winter Warmer, where what we used to do was to call on our listeners and we used to say to them, we want you to give blankets and we're going to hand them out to people in need, which is a wonderful cause. It's a wonderful thing to do. There were music concerts connected to it. In fact, Gerd was there around the time and probably gave blankets herself, and thousands of people would come out and give us blankets. The problem that lay in that is that we could never show impact. And as the leader of the station, it bothered me that a year later we would collect the same blankets and hand them out, but we would never know how we absolutely impacted people's lives. So that was a key concern for me from a strategic point of view and as a South African. So I'm not just talking about the radio station as a whole, I'm talking about being involved in an environment where, I see, where I've seen at very, very close uh, personal interest the need to impact people's lives rather than just handing over a bit of cash that's going to help them for a day or two or maybe a month. So with that in mind, we started developing a number of programs. And the first thing that came about, and I'm sure you're all familiar with Madiba Day, right? Everybody knows on the 18th of July, we all go out, we give our 67 minutes, we all feel good, and people go and do charity. What do they do? They paint nursery schools and they hand over food and they pack food packs and it's all wonderful and we feel good and the donations go away and we wait for the 18th of July every year. We celebrate Madiba and we, we applaud his legacy. It bothered me that it was only 67 minutes and I'm not knocking the initiative. Again, please just understand my perspective. The key for me, and for me was to develop a philosophy. No worries, hello. Was to develop a philosophy of how do we show impact? How do we really celebrate Madiba? And how do we use the loud hailer of a radio station that has two million listeners and a massive digital community of over a million and a half people to celebrate the ability to do it all the time? And so we started looking for projects and started looking for ideas that would help us achieve that goal. It was very difficult because the truth is a lot of, and for those of you who are involved in, in the elements of programming or uh, companies who want to show that they've done something good, can we use your radio platform? We want to look uh, impressive because of what we did. Again, I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying that the, the emphasis behind it isn't, isn't really the right, it's not the right thing. So when we looked at Madiba Day, what we discussed, and, and again, I'll refer to Gerda who works with me, is that we said, how, how can we make Madiba Day happen 365 days a year? It's a very, very bold ambition. It's a very tough ambition. But I'm saying if we really want to live up to the legacy of one of the, the greatest leaders of, of the world in, in, in history, how do you really celebrate that legacy? And so we set about looking for opportunities and things that we could do where, one, we could show impact. Two, we could show elements of sustainability. Three, we could put our audience at the center of it. Four, where we could actually absolutely show in years to come that we'd had impact on our communities. And we looked at great projects, and, and I'm sure some of you might be familiar with it. The MC Wireless School in Alexandra has a billboard uh, that Nedbank pulled up, uh, put up, which is a uh, solar heat, uh, creates solar heat for the school. So all the sun that goes into that solar panel delivers hot water to the school. Now, for those of you who've grown up in, in rural environments or in townships, or been to townships, you know that hot water is a luxury. It's not a, not a right, unfortunately. And so that inspired the idea of how do we take an idea like that and pour our heart and soul into doing a continuous celebration of something where we could show impact, one. Two, where we could absolutely use our loud hailer to, to galvanize people and be a catalyst to people's activity rather than just ask them to make a donation with that, you know, what I call armchair activism. Yeah, I made a donation, I feel good. Yeah, I tweeted it out. I'm amazing. You know, I've got 10,000 followers. I tweeted, so... It must be important. 
It's like when people die, it bothers me. People, people tweet on Twitter and then they feel that they've done something good. So, ooh, I've got to use this now. I hope this, this works properly right. Can you all see that? I don't expect you to read it. So we came up with a project called Project Kanya. And for those of you who don't know what Kanya means, Kanya means light. And you can look at the visual. I'll share some of the audio with you in a second. But what was the thinking behind Project Kanya? It, it was threefold. One was console had these jaws that if you left them in the sun all day, they would provide light overnight, right? They're fixable. They are, they're something that can live inside somebody's home. And if you th thought about it at the beginning, which we did, if we left these in people's homes and we could come back a year later and ask people how it impacted their lives, has it helped with your studies? Has it helped with your ability to be at home? Has it helped with your family's lifestyle where you don't have light? And we thought about three key issues in particular. And, and again, having experienced a, a lot of township life, one is that young girls who want to go out and study at night are vulnerable. Now, if you walk from any street in Alexandra to the San Capano Center or even to, to Three Square, no, more San Capano, and you want to study there because the library's there and there's light at night, walking home at night, you are vulnerable. It's a fact. And when we look at the assault, uh, I, can, I can pull out all the stats, but the numbers of assaults, particularly in, in, uh, in, in township communities, are high amongst young women. This could be a way of ensuring that these young women or young ladies could stay home and study if they had light. The other is that a lot of people, I know, light fires with paraffin to keep warm and, of course, to provide light. Paraffin causes fires. And every year during winter, there will definitely, we will see it. It's going to come over the next few weeks as it gets colder, how there will be fires through electrical connections and the fact, uh, sorry, well, one is electrical connection, but that's a separate issue. But people are going to light fires in their homes, they're going to burn down checks and they're going to burn down 20 other, 20 other homes and people will die. It's a very, very sad tale. And thirdly, for the young kid who has aspirations, I'll, tell, I'll share a story with you. We went out to a place called Chochocho in Mpumalanga, and I don't expect many of you know it. You're from Chochocho. So I walk, in, I walk into Chochocho, and we're doing a handover, right? So we've collected the jars, and I can walk you through the mechanics of how we did it. We did a telethon. We asked people to give us money. We took that money and bought the jars, and then we took the jars and distributed them personally. But how do I relate to a young child from Chochocho? It's a completely different community, right? It's a different world. I come from a world of highways and byways and big buildings and cappuccinos and warm beds and a lovely lifestyle. And I've been very privileged and very lucky to have it, right? But how did I connect with these kids? So I'm a very big football fan. Belgium's my side for the Euro. And I'm a Super Sport United fan. Don't hold it against me. My friend is the CEO, so I kind of have to support them. But the Matatsansa are close to my heart, but how, did I, how could I connect with these kids? We stood up and we sang the national anthem. It was quite funny, actually. Was watching, watching white people sing the national anthem in our country is funny because when it gets to Muru, now everyone's like... Nah. And then watching these young, these young black kids trying to sing the Afrikaans part, so they were all kind of like... Nah. It was just funny seeing the other side of it, but it was beautiful. We sang the national anthem. I thought, how am I going to explain to these kids what this is going to provide for them? And I started speaking about soccer. So I said, who wants to play for the Amakosi? Who wants to be a buccaneer late in their life? And immediately all the hands went up. I put out a few hands and it went up for sundowns. But I was able to say to them, if you want to get there, you're going to have to educate yourself. You're going to have to find a way of making it possible for you to do something with your life. Whether you play football, you want to be a professional, anything. 
you're going to have to educate yourself. And here is something that is going to help you. And they completely understood that because while there is electrification in Chuchotu, it's so irregular and sporadic that most nights of the week, there are no lights in the community. So that was very real for me, but it was a great way of connecting what we set out to achieve. And so we did the handout, and there was lots of gratitude, and we all know the marketing bump that comes with it, and the social media, and the kids saying thank you, and the teachers being grateful, and the, the church community that invited us to hand out the, the, the jars and so on. But we handed out 500 jars in that day. Just interestingly, again, going back to the social conscience of radio, when we went on air with this latest uh, fundraiser, we specifically did it in winter. Why? Because that's when people feel a little bit more empathetic. They realize, and I know load shedding is a thing of the past, but it was a big thing over the last few years, and we didn't suspect that it was going to be fixed. Thank God, Telcom, I mean, ESCOM did get something right, so I'm grateful to them for that. But when we asked people to donate the money, often what happens, and you guys will also notice this, people will pledge on the day out of emotion, which also creates a catalyst for giving, and it makes radio appear to be this wonderful vehicle to encourage people to do good for our country not just for themselves. We usually will collect 95 to 90 to 95% of those funds. Some people may fall in hard times when it comes time to make the donation. But of that 1.1 million rand, we'll probably collect, let's say, a million. We will go and buy the jars and we'll distribute them further. And in fact, on Mandela Day, we'll do another activation where we'll hand out those jars. But listening to the stories of people who wanted to contribute was the thing that got me. So there were two things that were important when we went back on air because we did a, a radiothon last year in September. And in fact, it was already too warm because we had such a hot winter. You all remember that we've had a drought. And by the time we ran the radiothon then, the cold had kind of gone. So people's feeling of like this is a problem wasn't uh, as deep. So when, when we raised the money and you hear a young six-year-old girl, uh, girl calling in saying, I'd like to give my pocket money. Or you hear a company saying, I'd like to contribute to change in our country. And I can relate hundreds of those stories to you, from my own shareholders, to individuals, to companies. Yes, some people do do it to look good and for the airtime, granted. But the fact is that people did it. And we are that voice. And I'm saying as radio, I believe we have a responsibility to drive, uh, to drive change, to be a catalyst for, for changing, people's, changing the way that people think about our country and doing good things. It's not the only thing we do. We're a commercial entity. We charge people lots of money for our airtime. But it's a very key construct of what Jacker and FM does. And that's why I'm so particularly proud of Project Kanya. I want to share some of the audio with you because I can talk about impact. Uh, I'm not going to show you uh, the video yet, but um, Ernest, you'll play the audio for me, the top left over there. Have a listen to this. Jacaranda FM and Console Glass are creating a brighter future Bonnie. with Project Kanya. Hello, my name is Georgia van Nukak. Die legie het my gehelp, want ek bly beplot en ons kabel word baie kere gesteel. En dit het my gehelp om my huisluik te doen, want ek is a baie harde werker. Dankie. Every child deserves a bright future. On Thursday the 9th of June, we invite your business to partner with Jacaranda FM and Console Glass to light up as many homes as possible with console solar jars. Make your pledge on Thursday the 9th of June on Jacaranda FM, live from Monte Cassino, and light the way to a brighter future for all of us. Email us now on projectkanya at jacarandafm.com. So what was important about that is that we, the, you know, poverty has no racial uh, demographic. There are poor people across all demographics in this country. And 
that's why we went to as many communities as possible. There's a young Afrikaans girl with nothing telling you how grateful she is. See on the next one. Jacaranda FM and Consul Glass are creating a brighter future with Project Kanya. My name is Sharon from Fuerteraca Airfield. I walk three kilometers every day from home to school. I use the light at home because we don't have electricity. Every child deserves a bright future. On Thursday, the 9th of June, we invite your business to partner with Jacaranda FM and Consul Glass to light up as many homes as possible with Consul Solar Jars. Make your pledge on Thursday, the 9th of June. Live from Monte Cassino. Light the way to a brighter future for all of us. Email us now on projectkanya at jacarandafm.com. Okay, and of course we run the telethon, uh, which I'll show you in the next video. But have a listen to how we thanked our listeners afterwards. There are many ways to say thank you. Jacaranda FM and Consol, thank you for giving the gift of light to children through Project Kanya. My name is Sharon from Fuerteraca-Elfes. I walk three kilometers every day from home to school. I use the light at home because we don't have electricity. Thanks to your generosity, Consol Solar Jars will enable thousands of children to read, learn and do their homework, making the future of South Africa brighter. Get involved at jacarandafm.com or check out hashtag Project Kanya. Brought to you by Console Glass and Jacaranda FM. Uh, so that was post, and it's something that nobody knows, which we're only going to reveal on Mandela Day, is that the project goes international tomorrow. So in Australia, we've got two schools who've adopted the project who are getting dressed up in civvies that are going to donate all the Australian dollars back to South Africa. So I guess $10 is what, what a million rand again. So we've had, not only have we shown uh, local impact, but we've got international people who've, they were obviously in the country, saw it, mailed us, asked them if we could do it. We've sent them all the collateral, and they're doing it as young school kids who were inspired by something they saw in South Africa. So it's a wonderful story. I want to move on to something else, and what I'm trying to, to impress upon you is how giving and creating a, a giving environment, not just in radio, but I think in general, has got to be built into your DNA. So the next project we're involved with, I'm sure you're all familiar with, uh, is the CEO Sleep. But oh, I've got the video. Play the video. I want you to see the telephone. I almost forgot. Project Kanya. Let's go, let's go. 0115107944 is the number if you'd like to uh, pledge. Jagaranda FM live from Monte Cassino, Project Kanya Telethon since 6 this morning. We're going to stop at 7 tonight and I want those phones to ring. Uh, you can call the hotline now 011-510-7944. On behalf of Monte Cassino, we would love to pledge 10,000 rand. Just in case you're competitive, the highest one so far came in from an anonymous guy. 
40,000 Rand. Sure. Oh. The, the previous highest is 35,000 Rand from a company in Broadacres. I'm hoping that we're going to get someone on the line right now who's going to get us so close to that million rand. On the line right now, the CIO of KTH, yeah. Jacob Henson. <gasps> and we're raising funds to give kids the solar jars from console. A tiny gift in some people's minds, but a massive difference to these kids. And we see it when we take them, these, these console jars. And uh, Rian, then Bridget, Masinga, Barney, Simon, the MBD team, every single listener that listened since this morning, six o'clock, that has hit our target and exceeded it. We are standing on one million ninety-eight thousand nine hundred and fifty. So, just so that you understand the value of that campaign. Uh, probably about 10 million rand. It was a full day of airtime from 6 a.m. to 7 p.m. and a whole lot of promo before it. But we committed to it and therefore we invested in it. So what's next? The CEO Sleepout. I'm sure some of you are familiar with it. For those of you who aren't, this is the way it works this year. When the CEO Sleepout team came to, to me, they said, we'd like you to be involved. And as you can tell, our values just met. For two reasons. One is the entire program is built around empathy and the entire program is built around sustainability. What greater match between the two parties in terms of ideals? So what's happening this year is actually it's four people sleeping out. It's the, the CEO, a university learner, a matric learner and a member of staff. So I've nominated Rian van Heerde because I wanted to get it on air in a way that would be uh, uh, it would resonate with people. It doesn't, I didn't want it to come from me, so Rian will sleep on the bridge and then present his show from there the following morning. He's our breakfast presenter, for those of you who don't know. Um, and then, again, to put our audience at the center of it, I had to nominate a matric learner and a university learner. I'll play the audio in a second. But I wanted people to feel like they were also involved in this. So we asked our listeners to specifically nominate people that they know who are deserving leaders. And the whole idea is a hashtag for leaders for change. The project will raise 40 million rand, 250 CEOs will sleep out, they are three nominees, and everybody will spend the night in the bridge understanding what it's like to be homeless in a way. And i tell you what it's done for me personally, is as I've gotten more and more involved in the project, every time it's gotten cold and I've got in my car and looked at the temperature, I thought, How's it, how has a kid or an adult or anybody who slept on the street last night survived this cold? Without a blanket, without underfloor heating, without a car to get into to measure your temperature, it's had such a personal impact for me in terms of what homelessness actually is. But behind homelessness is a lack of education. And that's why this year all the funding is going to the Steve Beaker Foundation, the Asher Trust, which is run by a member of the Mazzeppi family, and the Columba Foundation, each dealing with different forms of education. What more does our country need than better education to prevent homelessness? And I think there are a number of reasons for homelessness. But what gr greater way to deal with the symptom? Sorry, rather the cause, <laughs> not the symptom. So as an individual, it's had great impact on me. From a listener point of view, we've gone and called all the CEOs, and there are a lot of trolls around this, this idea. There will be. People going, oh, these are people who earn millions of rands every year and get bonuses of millions, and they're sleeping under the bridge for one night. But the fact is that all of us are taking our time to raise awareness. We're taking our time to create a movement, 
to galvanize other people, to be a catalyst, to get people to think about it, to understand homelessness for what it is. People don't just become homeless. There's circumstances. Things happen. So if we achieve that, which I, I believe we will, we'll have done a great job. Sleeping out on the bridge, I don't know if there's the be-all and end-all, and yes, I'll sleep out, and it'll be cold, and I'll have a story to tell, and I'll share it with some of the, the CEOs in the evening, and we'll have a, a big hack. We're not allowed to drink whiskey, just by the way. Um, but it will be a wonderful experience. But what will, the offshoot of that is much bigger. So firstly, the money uh, goes, goes to these foundations, and the way they're using that money is to educate educators, to sustain university learners, to create primary school education. Like what better thing could you do for your country than to, to raise awareness, to, to invest in sustainable programs, and just remember that these are very credible organizations. And as somebody who's been audited by UNICEF, understand these organizations are tip-top, they're well-run, and they know what they're doing. They will show impact over, over the next few years. It's a wonderful thing to look back on. So, again, j just to, to put our audience at the center of it, oops, I've got to go next. We obviously did a whole lot on our, on our website. We've invited other CEOs and we've called on businesses. So it's not just about the guy sleeping out on the bridge. If you've got a business or you've got a CEO, um, and you want him to sleep out, you can do a sympathy sleep out. So the organization, so I'm hoping Gerda will galvanize the entire Jacarandi FM crew to sleep out on my behalf and raise money for a local charity. So it's not just about the individuals. The project's been taken national and, and through the, the other Kuchisa Media Assets, uh, East Coast and Heart and a couple of others. The idea has been to try and spread that message as nationally as possible so there's not just a self-contained project of uh, a few people sleeping out of Nelson Mandela Bridge on the 28th of July. Um, just to talk to the, the point that I made earlier around the call to listeners. Ernest, if you've got that audio, listen to this. The CEO Sleepout. Showcased by Jacaranda FM. The idea is that CEOs will spend the night on the streets raising empathy and funds for specifically the homeless. Our GM, Kevin Fine, is here with us this morning. Hello, Kevin. Morning, Rian. I just wanted to touch base with you because I want to officially nominate you as the person sleeping out with me, not next hey! It's not just you though Part of the four leaders for change There's a hashtag four leaders for change I've got to nominate a matric learner and a university learner to sleep out As does every CEO who's sleeping out in the night And I've gone through so many candidates And eventually I thought what I wanted to do today Was to, to ask you Wherever you are, Northwest Limpopo and Pumalanga Gauteng To nominate a deserving matric learner mm. and university learner to come and sleep out with us on the bridge mm, nice. I thought I thought there was a, a great way of, of asking you who are all these amazing people around us who I don't know and Rian who you don't know if you want to nominate somebody so a, a, a proud leader somebody who's going to change this country who's going to be as great a brand as Jacaranda FM or any of the other people participating in CEO Sleep Out 2016 nominate them you can email me gm at jacarandafm.com what better way to understand what it's really like than to be out there and I know there's some people who have different ideas about why our CEOs and leaders sleeping out on a bridge what better way to to feel what it feels like to, to be homeless than to sit on that bridge the ceo sleep out showcased by jacaranda fm the, the amazing thing for me is is the nominees that have come through it's i mean i got a, i got a mail from a a, a matric a, a head girl she was so eloquent in, in wanting to be a leader for change in this country i was so blown away by a message it almost brought me to tears and i'm quite an emotional guy too, but but it was just amazing how People responded to that and how they've nominated their friends. I've got videos. Um, 
people who've nominated their, their husbands and wives have gone back to university and put their whole lives on hold just to, just to study again because they want to make a change to South Africa as a doctor. Wonderful, wonderful stories. So <clears throat> what I'm leading up to is our big project water drop. But why I'm pointing this all out to you is because people understand the role of the radio station in being this big messenger. But it's not just about us. It's about driving people, driving change, driving attitudinal change, feeling empathy for others, doing good for others, and, and doing it in a very genuine way. So at the beginning of the year, through all this drought, in fact, we had to cancel the Slide the City campaign. I don't know if you guys know what Slide the City is. So it's a big, foofy slide with water. Um, and we, from a social conscience point of view, said, how can we be having fun with water when farmers are, are literally dying? People cannot open a tap. And there's, a, there's an element of human dignity to that. You can't even wash yourself. So apart from the, the ability to grow crops and, and, and have a drink of water, even the ability to bath. What happened was, Rian went on air, and we decided that we were going to run a campaign to collect water. The story that got inside people's heads was the story of a, a young girl who was literally licking the water from an air conditioning unit, because that's all there was. I mean, if that doesn't blow you away, I don't know what will. And that, what that did was it catapulted a outpouring, not only of emotion, but physical activity that I've never seen in my entire life. At the end of the project, I called the team together because the breakfast team were the, were the main protagonists in the story. And I said to them, one day when you sit around a campfire and telling old stories about your life, this will be a highlight. Not just because you collected a million and a half liters of water. Not just because you got people to get off their couches and come and do something good but you absolutely left an indelible mark on people's lives and gave them hope. Like, what an amazing gift to give to our country. I'm saying as a South African, and disregarding the radio station and the good that we did and all of that, as a human being, to have that kind of impact on somebody's life is an amazing, amazing gift. And I've always wanted to write this, uh, this memo on it, which sits on my desktop because it's quite a big outpouring of, of ideas. But here were the things that got me. One was the physical component of it. And we do live in a, in, a, in a world of armchair activism. We tweet, we EFT, we do nice things, and we've done our bit. Yeah, hashtag fees must fall. Amen. People got in their cars, they drove to the station. I'll show you the, the footage in, in a five-minute video, which is worth watching. And it's, it, I know we all have an attention span of about three and a half minutes, but this is worth watching. On the Saturday evening, after we asked for the call, and the, and the water started arriving on the Thursday, I checked in at the studio, and I drove from my home in Joburg to Midran, and I drove in, and people were just arriving, randomly. And there was a two-year-old girl. She must have been, I don't know, she took me up to my knee. And she was offloading the water from her dad's trailer. She said, Papa. So here was a two-year-old girl, and she may never remember this, but it said, that had such a massive impact on me because... What it showed me was that here was a family who we had driven into action to do something good or to give. And then there were many, many more, more stories like that. Corporates who came through. I mean, a, a guy donated an entire truck of water completely anonymously. So he didn't want anybody to know where it came from. And so I can tell you that the project itself was an 80 million rand project from everything that was involved the human labor, 
the water, the cost of the bottles, the pallets, the plastic that we use to wrap around the, the, the bottles, the 40 or so trucks that delivered all the water over 2,000 kilometers, the labor to offload, the massive, massive project. And what, what got me was that because our audience understood so well that we were genuinely interested in helping other people, that they rose to that challenge. And we developed that relationship over many, many years through Good Morning Angels, which is a consistent program that we run where every week we actually give away money that we raise at an annual event. We raise a million rand and we hand it over to community members in need. And we've given away hearts, lungs, legs, education, homes, food, you name it. But our, our, our audience understands that very well. And the key to this thing also was empathy. So our social conscience became their social conscience. And we drove their behavior in such a significant way. So I know somebody's going to ask me, but Kevin, giving away water isn't sustainable. And I get that. There are elements that you cannot, we can't control the universe. But what we did control was the message, our ability to leave a, an impression in people's minds, and to be able to encourage them to do good. And in fact, what, what folded out, or out, uh, happened afterwards was many people were calling us and asking how they could take water themselves. I don't know if you know this, this uh, community of people who drops water at different garages, so they collect it and drop it off. And they were calling us and saying, how can we help? We got calls from the Orange Free States because we went to the Northwest because it's in our broadcast uh, environment. We got calls from Kuzulu Natal. We'd like to contribute. We had such a massive impact on people's desire to do something good. And that's a very powerful tool that we all hold as, as radio people, and in, in fact, in any media. And if I think about it, as a youngster, radio was the first social media. Always was, and I always believe it will be, because it was always the one that said, bring us your tins. And I grew up listening to 702 and Radio 5, and those were the things they did, and it left a massive impression on me, because I was always the, the anorak, going, come guys, we're going to deliver the cans, let's collect them from the school, and off we go. So their impression left an impression on me and, uh, and hopefully this will leave an impression on you and we'll be able to go out and make change and you will be the social conscience of your community, of your radio station and of South Africa, which is obviously our greater goal. So I, I want to get to this video, um, but before I do, when I do a Google search on Project Water Drop, those are the images that come up. And it's so hard to tell a, a story. The video's on the next page, don't worry. It's so hard to tell the story with those images, but you get an idea. So put your phones down, cast your eyes on, on this video for five minutes, um, and share in the joy and the emotion of, of greatness. Jacaranda FM. One convoy, 37 trucks, more than a million liters of water to the people of the Northwest, and all of our lives changed forever. That was the individual donation. We are privileged and honored to be a 
Sharanda Kizai. I'm Liesl and this is Sharanda and we are very glad that we can help the people that's in need. And it's actually what a nice picture. Seeing all the water, all the people contributing, we are thankful. It's very overwhelming. Thank you. Thank you. Somebody donated their time and the drone to come and film this because we couldn't capture all the pictures of the water on our own. to thank you all for that Jacaranda for bringing us the hotel in here later we'll let you make more happy yep 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 who is this? my birthday my birthday my birthday my birthday my birthday and you're going to help us and you're going to help us suffered for water and for the electricity. Water should come only one time of the days. We are suffered. Please, can you help us to be with water? This is now our last stop. We are loading the last of the water here. Hopefully we can bring a little bit of relief uh, to this community. Uh, as you can see, these kids, it's, it's like they haven't even seen water in, in years before, so... Because I'm thirsty, me. So guys, are you going to help us? We are not this water. From the bottom of my heart, and also on behalf of all the people whose lives you have changed, thank you. Thank you so much.
Very powerful stuff. Huh? So while we are very proud of it uh, from a radio station point of view, I think that there's a bigger picture. <clears throat> and if I go back to where I started about uh, the legacy morning, the legacy of Madiba, like we live that, we live that every day. And I, you know, we, we, we are going to try and do our best. We've each got our own, uh, our own stations to run, our own objectives to fulfill. But if we can, even through this, this discussion with you, if we can have some level of broader impact, not just as a radio station, but as radio people, will have done a great job as, as South Africans. That is my exactly 37 minutes, and I've got three minutes for questions. Thank you. Yes? With the CEO speed how did you deal with all the... With the CEO... With the CEO... How did you deal with all the internet backlash? Because I remember there was a reasonable amount of people who were being angry. So we weren't involved last year, but... Okay. But here's the, here's the key. The truth is, if you look at the report, and there's a massive report, it is available, I'm happy to send it to you as well, on the actual impact, the amount of conversation, the money that was given to Boys and Girls Town, which they've actually invited us to come and see the impact of what they've done. Um, that was last year. I suspect that there, there will always be doubters. There's always going to be one. You guys know it. You have listeners like this. You have prize pigs. You have... You have r really interesting characters who always have got a lot to say. The fact is, these 250 CEOs and these other uh, 750 people are going to raise 40 million rand to go towards education. So you can say what you like. And yes, these CEOs are well paid. Yes, they are spending one night out in luxury and sleeping bags and North Face jackets. But if they didn't, would we be able to raise the money? If they didn't, would we be able to create the conversation? Would anybody think differently about homelessness? So there's always going to be doubters. I, I, think, I, I think they're a small minority of, of, uh, of haters, <laughs> to use a, an expression. And I think they should, in, in many cases, be ignored, to be honest. Yes? I think they're trying to record, which is why you need to talk into... Is this working? Ah, so they're, they're recording. Anything you say can and be used. <laughs> okay, thank you. Uh, I just have two questions. One... You know, you touch based on one of the topics that is very close to my heart because I'm also from the rural areas. I know what you're really talking about because where I grew up also, even today, they still don't have some, some running water. So you still have to go to some river to fetch water. So my question is, how involved are the local business in those particular, uh, you know, areas? And then two, do you normally have some volunteers because they look like big projects so do you have some volunteers who help you when doing all these things thank you uh, so the answer is yes to both but i think again removing the conversation from from jacaranda community radio and i mean i, th I think we're up to 279 licenses in south africa at the moment and i think of those uh, there's uh, 12 or 13 commercial radio stations community radio has a bigger opportunity i think to impact their own communities through local businesses and through local contributions by being the voice of a particular need and attracting other, uh, other units. I remember being in, um, in Kailicha ahead of the World Cup, this is 2009, and going to the, the local radio station there. Um, and they had this, although not massive listenership, a lot of influence. So I think the key to drive volunteerism, to, to drive business involvement, to drive the involvement of our own staff is to be the messenger. 
and to do it again with being genuine about it. From a volunteer point of view, there will always be people who want to do good, either people who have got the time or the energy, people who don't work. So again, I think the, the, the idea is to try and drive that agenda in a particular way. And again, not taking away from, from what the station has to do. These are, these are things that it also has to do. So my, my, I guess my, my, my answer would be around using the, the loud hailer that every radio station has to be an, an agent of change in some way. Sorry, I'm stealing that from CEO Sleepout. It's a key phrase that I've been drummed into my head over the last few weeks. Does that answer your question? Okay. Sorry, Ismail. Uh, just two questions. One round about the water collection. There's a big debate about plastic bottles, and uh, the Green Movement said that uh, you know uh, we had added to the you know proliferation of plastic, and it had an harmful effect on the environment. How would you respond to that one? Uh, we didn't actually have resistance to that. I can share many examples with you of how when we've done events, we've had uh, the, the greenies, as I like to call them, who have also got their own agenda, uh, objecting to where we've done an event. I think the, the, the biggest issue around the water actually was around borehole water, not so much the plastic, because borehole water actually goes off. So they had to mark it. The use of the plastic actually was actually a, a, a wonderful thing because it can be reused. I'm, I'm not talking about that site dumps and so on. But what we encouraged everybody when we dropped the water was to keep the bottles to send them back to the garages so, so that they could be reused. There's only so much you can do around a project like this, and we, I, I understand your point, but it wasn't... Uh, no, you know, and I've been reading a number of articles, and the detractors are saying, it, fine, on the one side it's a very good act, and yeah. on the other side it was about uh, you know, the plastic and so forth. I was just wondering, how do you, how would you have responded to that? Did you respond to it, or didn't you? Have there was no detraction, to be honest. No. no, no nobody said to us, why are you using plastic? Okay. And the other one was something about uh, the CO sleep outs. And uh, they're saying it's a once-off activity coming out there, and uh, people go back to their luxurious lives and lifestyle. And uh, the impact it makes is minimal, while the funds raised is phenomenal. The impact is minimal. How do you balance that? I don't know. I think it's a, it's a tough one. I'll go back to my original answer, and that is that without this, would we be able to raise the money? So I'll give you a great example. I don't know if you guys remember, the, those of you older in the room will remember Red Nose Day. Red Nose Day went insolvent. Why? Because they used all the money that they collected to pay off the costs and the expenses of the day, right? So here was a charitable uh, in endeavor that actually spent all the money on its operational costs. This 40 million rand in its entirety goes entirely to the foundations. Not one cent is, is, uh, does it cost them. So again, when you look at the report, and it's done by, um, uh, I, I can't think of his name for a second, uh, it'll come to me. But it's, it's such an uh, insightful report on how much impact there is and can be and the, uh, the social media conversation and the value of the money and so on. So, yes, it's one night. But this is actually a worldwide movement. It started in Australia. It's run in many other, many other countries. And in a country with this much need, I think, I, I think it's a great project. There's, there's probably seven or eight counter-arguments but I would stand firmly by, by our decision to be involved when a lot of people said to me, these, had these kinds of arguments. But I th certainly from a, from a personal point of view, it resonates very deeply, and from a radio station point of view, it ties in directly with our, with our values. Ah, there's people coming in. All right, last two questions. Sorry, hello. 
All right, so you just missed a great talk. I just, yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to commend you on, yes. on the marketing that you've, you, you've done behind this because as a non-Jacaranda listener, I've, um, I've, I've, I've taken an avid interest in the brand because of this. Um, do you find that you've got listeners, and from a programming perspective, yeah. do you find that during these periods you've, you, you have an increase of listeners? So, uh, yes. The answer is yes. We, we are doing the CEO sleep out, and, and, and again, we have a job as radio people. And I will, so I will talk about the selfish need to make our brands great, because we do have a need to make, put our brands in the right places and associate with the right events, but at the same time to do good. We get to do both, luckily, with this, and there it, uh, we'll see the slide. It says, showcased by Jacaranda FM. That is our value for us, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't be happy doing it if we weren't actually doing the good, but yes, we will attract listeners. We will get people to tune in. We will get people to sample, and that is part of our job as, as programmers. Last question. You mentioned the impact that um, community radio would have mm. as well. Um, with a project like this, would you ever get the community radio stations involved to help with something like this? Uh, yes. Th this unfolded over four days and unfolded so quickly that we didn't even have time to get carte blanche to come and film it, sadly. Um, but absolutely, I think embracing different community stations to be part of it would be a great thing. We, we did a live broadcast from the Northwest on the following morning. But what we could have done was called on all the local community radio stations to assist us with it. It, it really, this was, it, it was such a natural, uh, it, uh, if I could call it explosion, that we didn't even think about things like that, but my answer would be absolutely. Thank you, everybody. It was lovely chatting. Sorry to keep you. <laughs>